Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. I am Josh Lander on the East Coast right now. That is Nate Weitzer also on the East Coast. And we are looking at Tuesday baseball here around the MLB. Had a really good Monday for you guys. Hope you were following along there. Went four and one up nearly three and a half units on the night. Only the Cubbies didn't come through. Only winning by one and needing to come back to do that actually. But Feeling really good about where we're at with baseball right now as we head down the stretch on the season, 91 and 77. We are up more than 11 and a half units for you guys over the last like month and a half, two months that we've been doing this. So we're going to move right along. Make sure you are following along by liking and subscribing to that page. You can check out each and every day of this week and moving forward that we will have these videos for you guys. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out the great written content that we are putting on the site right now and use that odds finder tool that we have for you up there. Make sure that you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first pick. A pretty good battle there in the NL East. Yeah, I'm going to take a pretty ballsy pick here, which is the Phillies to be leading after five against the Braves. Plus 132, though, which is juicy, and it's since it's a money line bet, uh, keep in mind you would get a return, uh, you get your bet returned if it is tied after five. But Zach Wheeler is one of the few guys I'm willing to back against this Braves offense, which has basically no weaknesses. Um, and sure enough, he, he did have, have an absolute gem against the Braves. I don't know if anybody's pitched this well against him all year, but he went eight innings in a shutout with 12 Ks and one walk, the only time he faced him this year, and has not been slowing down since the All-Star break. He is 4-2 with a 2.6 ERA, a 185 batting average against, a .8 whip, only 17% line drive rate. He has a very high ground ball rate on the first time through the order, and I think that's pretty key when you talk about a Braves offense that tends to get out to a hot start, um, is you've got to keep them keep them down, keep them in the park. He also has a very low walk rate, very low barrel rate. It's kind of the, the margins you need to control when you have a, a slugging offense that can that can take you deep, at least you know keep guys off base if that's going to happen. But Wheeler has not been allowing much. I mean, he's had impeccable control with his fastball in his last five, uh, just great numbers, including 17% swinging strike and 40% outside swing rate. Uh, guys are actually chasing that fastball. He's been able to elevate it and, and had a really a dominant, some dominant K numbers his last three against no slouches right now. The Padres, Brewers, Cardinals, all hitting well. Uh, seven of his last 10 starts have actually been on the road, and he's better at home. As, as we head home here, and that Phillies offense has been really good at home in their last 14, hitting nearly uh, 290, averaging nearly seven runs per game. They're also seventh against lefties in Woba on the season, and enter Max Freed, who's starting for the Bravos, uh, coming off a less than inspiring start, and he's actually kind of struggled against the Phillies as 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 they've seen him more and more. His last seven against them, he has a four ERA, a one and three record, and that includes Game One of the NLDS where they got to him pretty early. It's for six runs, only four earned, but. Eight hits, only two Ks. I would consider under five and a half Ks for Freed uh, here, which is pretty good juice. Uh, and, and, and I mean, because you have guys from the right-handed side of the plate that have really hit him well. I mean, you you add Bryce Harper with these three righties: Castellanos, Real Mudo, Trey Turner, and they're hitting a combined three eighty-one off of Freed. So they are they are seeing it well. Castellanos gave him a lot of trouble in that playoff game. 
and the Phillies as a whole batting 303 against him. So I do I mean this series has already been advertised in terms of the runs early. Uh, and I just think the Phillies are going to have a few more runs early on uh, than the Braves are going to be able to get off Wheeler, who's really developed into an ace. Yeah, that's that's fine. If this is how you want to sort of back Wheeler against the uh, the Braves, I mean, you're just you're going to find value whenever you pick most things for the other team against the Braves, unless excuse me, unless you get a, a true ace out there. And I think Wheeler's proven to be a true ace, and he's still getting pretty good value um, to help his team be you know in the lead after five innings, which is right around the time that you start to consider the bullpen. So. For both these guys, like, I mean, mostly for Freed, I've been pretty disappointed in some of his stuff as of late. Uh, obviously, part of that is taking his over five and a half strikeouts last week and failing to hit that. I, I think, yeah, you're on pace for for this Phillies team to not strike out again and continue to hit lefties well, like you said. So I have no problem with getting plus 132 there for them to be winning. And in, like you said, with the first five, you also have the opportunity for the push. So uh, I'm going to kick things off with Colorado, where Javier Assad is on the mound for the Cubs. Uh, and they are taking on the Rockies there on the road. Javier Assad over three and a half Ks. Uh, I'm going a, with minus 105 on that. And, and I'd be interested to hear what you thought as well. But I was considering the under two and a half earned runs for him, um, which actually is something that he does very consistently. I think either way, I'm going back to the bet you tried yesterday, which is the Chicago uh, Cubs run line. That is at minus 118 on FanDuel. And I'm going a full unit and a half on that. I'm going to put the, uh, I think I'm going to split my units on Assad between the three and a half Ks. I'm going to put that at, at 0.5 units and then another half a unit on uh, under two and a half earned runs for him. Uh, this matchup for him should be good. First time versus Colorado, as we know, uh, usually a pretty good uh, advantage for the pitcher when when the batters have not yet seen his stuff. Uh, his In the, the eight games that he started since coming out of the pen uh, earlier in the season and now starting to get those starts, eight times that he's started, 2.34 ERA in that time, uh, and a 4.38 xFIP could be better, but it's right around the same as his FIP in general. So, uh, you know, he's basically doing his expected numbers are where you can put his regular numbers as well. He's allowed two earned runs or less in seven of those eight starts. So just one time that he gave up three earned in uh, the, since he's become a starter for these Cubs. Uh, and I think you continue to, to to back him against a Colorado team that bad. I don't know what else to tell you. They're, they're not good against righties, especially. They have the second highest K rate in, in the uh, last month and on the season. Uh, they have the fifth lowest walk rate. Uh, they don't score very many runs, second lowest WRC plus. And then you look at Assad's stuff, and it's a lot of fastball, a lot of cutter, a lot of changeup. And that's where the Colorado's bad against most pitches, let's be honest. But they are sixth worst versus the fastball. They're sixth worst versus the cutter. And they are the second worst team versus a changeup, which I think he'll be able to get them with. So he has gone over the three and a half Ks here four times over his last seven games. I think he's very capable of it in the right matchup. And I think this is definitely uh, the right matchup. And then you talk about Chris Flexen on the mound for the Rockies uh, at home, just wherever he's pitching, not very good, but a six in, in the eight starts, last eight starts of the season for him, uh, basically a seven ERA and a seven FIP. Uh, his his 40% ground ball rate is not enough for him because when he gives up that hard contact, it goes out of the park. He has a 25% home run to fly ball ratio, which you're consistently going to see Rockies pitchers with a pretty crappy home run to fly ball ratio, obviously pitching at, at Coors. Uh, but his the amount of hard contact he's giving up is way too much for someone who pitches in a park that's just so pitcher or hitter friendly. Rather, uh, he's giving up nearly three home runs per nine, about two point eight home runs per nine innings, and his uh, K to walk ratio just two and a half Ks for every time he walks somebody. Not getting no no swing and misses for him. 
So I just don't, I really like the run line for them. The, the Assad stuff, I think is also pretty prime to, to get us some decent juice back on, on the full unit that I'm splitting on his props there. Yeah, I, I would not advise anybody to take under two and a half runs at course for, for a starting pitcher that could go seven. He's pretty gone pretty deep his last few, uh, but I think you are capitalizing on the Ks here after he had zero against Arizona last time out, but seven in the two previous. Uh, you know, we're looking at a much, 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 much worse lineup, a Rockies team that has not really been trying to win for months now. So I think he can get those Ks. I don't know. I mean, the, the run factor at course could just literally walk into some home runs that that wind up uh, pushing him over two and a half earned. But I'm glad you're sticking with my Cubs. The one bet we did not get right on Monday, which was Cubs run line, Cubs over. If you just stick with it at course, though, as the series progresses, usually you see that first game of the series might be a little lower scoring. And then the offenses just start to take off and wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs get to like double digit. Runs here, flexing on flexing. Uh, but let me go back to the Brewers, who were also really came through for us last night. Brandon Woodruff had a complete game shutout. I mean, talk about solid. And Freddie Peralta's on the mound. Yep, another extremely solid <clears throat> pitcher. Um, so I'm going to continue to back that Brewers pitching. Um, I'm, I'm going to split the units here between Freddie to get 7Ks in a win, because I do think the Brewers – are going to win this one here again. And Freddie to get over 16 and a half outs, so 5.2 innings pitched. It's only minus 130. So that's why I like the juice you get at plus 160 for him to have 7Ks in the win. And that way, if they both come through, you, you get nice juice. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you get that. But the rest of the odds tell you the story here. I mean, he's pretty much even money to go under one and a half earned runs. I mean, do you think JG? Chargo is getting that kind of juice. I, I do not. I think the Brewers are going to be on him. But this game only has a seven and a half run total. And the Brewers are heavy favorites at home. So we're, we're thinking low scoring, efficient win for Milwaukee once again. Uh, with Freddie able to go deeper because he's facing like the free swinging Marlins here. Uh, you know, he has been really good in his last six here. And uh, we're talking about a two ERA, a .74 whip, averaging about 96 pitches, though, to go somewhere between five and seven innings. He has, hasn't gotten to this mark a couple times despite throwing a gem. But his last time out at home, 70% ground ball rate against the Phillies. That helped him go six innings. The Marlins have the third highest ground ball rate since the All-Star break. They also have the fourth lowest walk rate. So they are not really going to be working counts to go deep here. <clears throat> And they probably are going to be striking out against Peralta because everybody has. He's a 37.5% K rate in the second half. He has a 12.9 K per nine at home versus just 9.7 on the road this season. Um, hasn't had a real start against the Marlins since 2019. He, he pitched in at the very end of the season, but six innings, nine Ks the last time he did have a real start against them. Um, and I mean, but more recently, I'm just looking at pitchers that were able to go really deep against this Marlins lineup because of the way they approach. They swing outside the zone again, one of the highest rates there. So Woodruff complete game. Ranger Suarez went over six innings. Ryan Pepio went seven innings in a ten nothing win. Um, and, and even young Christopher Sanchez for the Phillies was able to go a clean five. So I do think. Peralta can get to six innings here and, and continue to pile up K's, which he has been recently. 
Yep. No, no qualms for me on that one. I, I've definitely backed Peralta a number of times, and this is another good matchup uh, that he's going to have versus, yeah, the, like you said, the free-swinging Marlins, who who have been odd as, as a team throughout the year. I know that they've thrown some new guys in there at times, and that's probably affected why they've had, like, wildly fluctuating stats on offense. Uh, but for the most part, pretty bad overall. And that's obviously been their their trouble all season, uh, despite having a really solid starting pitching unit there. So also that bullpen continues to struggle. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's there's plenty of good reason to to believe Peralta's going to be able to handle the bats and just focus on him uh, going, going the distance. Like if, if we had focused more on Woodruff last night, you know, 12Ks, there were so many <laughs> opportunities um, to also take his outs. They were, his outs were at 18 and a half, which is why I stayed away from it. I absolutely would have hit seven, uh, 17 and a half over, but either way, like just love the dude, man. If he had been there all season, like, I don't know. It's good that he is back when he is back. Obviously it's better to be here now for them as they're going to enter this playoff race. So I am going to be targeting uh, Mr. Sandoval here against the Seattle Mariners as the Angels are in Seattle. Um, and a couple things. I'm I'm going Sandoval under 17 and a half outs here, minus 135. Patrick the Pinata, as, as he is dubbed, a uh, full unit on him to not make it the full six innings. And then I've also just got to start putting something on, on Julio Rodriguez here. I am going to sprinkle about 20 bucks on Julio to hit a home run at plus 480 on FanDuel. Uh, right now, if you look at his numbers versus Sandoval in the eight at-bats, three hits, two of those are home runs. Uh, he has struck out once and walked once as well, but slugging 1.125 for Julio against Patrick the Pinata. So, I mean, I'm always going to feel good about picking Julio to do stuff. He's got to get, um, you, you can take his total bases over one and a half. I, I like that bet the most because it's plus 115. His hits, runs, and RBI are, you know, all the way down to minus 135 at, at one and a half for him to go over that number. So I think the, the total bases, if you, if you like a home run anyway, it would be really nice if you could just get us all our bets with one swing of the bat. But I'll go 0.2 units on the homer, half a unit on him to get the the um, total bases there over one and a half and then like I said fading Patrick in general there he has gone less than six innings in nine of his last 12 starts in that time a 472 ERA and a 469 XFIP so he's just he his all his numbers are right around the same there for in terms of expected and, and what's actually out the outcome uh 60 left on base for him like he's just not pitching well out of the stretch either not pitching well on two strike counts um, and he has an only uh, an eight percent home run to fly ball ratio, which I think you're going to see uh, take a little bit of a downturn for him, and he'll continue to have a pretty high home run rate there per nine, which is <clears throat> up about one point seven nine in that time. Um, and if you look at his pitches, the only thing that Seattle hasn't really been able to hit quite as well against lefties is the slider, which is a pitch that he does throw twenty six percent of the time. He's going to have to get it over the plate, uh, and if he's forced to have to like really throw the pitches that he throws that move over the plate. He's got a problem because he's not getting much swing and miss in the zone with the fastball or outside the zone with the fastball for him. Um, and Seattle, if he does throw that fastball, is the second best team uh, with expected outcome when they're, they're facing lefties like that. So <clears throat> versus lefties as well. I mean, they're, they've been good all over the place. Interestingly, they strike out a ton, second most over the last uh, month and a half or so that Seattle is striking out against lefties. Uh, but they do have the second highest uh, or third highest, rather, WRC plus behind Houston and Atlanta, who are also smashing the ball. So. Yeah, I think he's primed to just get torpedoed here a bit. Uh, maybe give up a nice four runs there before he gets to the fourth. Has to come out before, you know, in the fifth or in the fourth. Even uh, we get those under outs for him, and, and hopefully, you know, it's Julio that's doing a lot of the damage like he has so far against Patrick. Yeah, how many total bases for Julio? Well, one and a half one is plus one fifteen. Yeah, I'm I'm all over that. Um, that is what I will take. Thank you. I will also take his. Runs plus RBI plus hits, whatever that's at, probably two and a half. 
Uh, it's one. But, it's one and it's one and a half, but it's minus one thirty-five. Oh yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a lock. I mean, Julio is back on his on his tear right now. Uh, homers in three of his last four. Yeah, obviously, if you get the homer, that's great. I'm not going to count on it. I have to correct you. Patrick the Pinata is Patrick Corbin, uh, the washed-up veteran. Patrick Sandoval is actually pretty good. I mean, he's definitely slowed down here um, towards towards the end of the year, as lots of Angels pitchers have. But I like the fact that the Mariners got used to the lefty with Reed Detmers yesterday, um, and Julio was able to get to him early. I think, yeah, I just want to take Julio here, who's probably like $6,000 on DFS tonight. Uh, why don't you just take a little prop bet and, and make sure you get some of that production coming back without messing with the rest of your DFS lineup? Yeah, no, I like that. I mean, th- first of all, I don't think Patrick Corbin has the um, has the 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 patent on that, right? So I think we can get two Patrick the Pinatas in there at this point because if you do look at Sandoval over his like last twelve, like I said, he's got some crooked crooked numbers up there. Uh, and some lower strikeout numbers than he had earlier in the year, but maybe a little bit more respect he is due, I, I will admit it. Either way, looking to go another, you know, solid, what, 90% winning percentage tonight with these picks for you guys. That is all the time we have for you right now, so continue to follow along, like, and subscribe to that page. And until we do talk to you next, happy betting. Happy betting.